Star Wars 7x7, episode 891. Today it's a Clone Wars briefing. I'm looking back at Pursuit of Peace. This is episode 11 from season 3 of the Clone Wars TV series. A political thriller that's probably more political than thriller. Punch it, Chewie. Hey, I'm Anthony Bresnikan, covering the Star Wars galaxy for Entertainment Weekly. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And Pursuit of Peace picks up where the last episode, Heroes on Both Sides, left off, where we find out that Padme's senator friend over in the Separatist systems has been killed, and it's an unfortunate incident to say the least, because it is going to put this peace process on hold. Unfortunately, even more so because it's being portrayed as part of a Republic attack on the Confederacy, and yeah, maybe it is, and maybe it isn't. So we're back to talking about this bill to deregulate the banking clan so that the Republic can pay for more clone trooper production, and this is, of course, much to the consternation of the people allied against the war, including Senators Bail Organa and Padme Amidala, and Onakonda Far, who is Uncle Ono to Padme. But on the other hand, they are in fact in the middle of a war, and they do realize this as they have a private conversation about what to do in the face of these new developments. Can we really win this war with the troops that we have? Let's hope we don't have to. I'll start lining up support, but I'll need ammunition. We can't afford ammunition, remember? I joke. Yes, Uncle Ono jokes, and very badly for that matter. So they go talk to the banking people, and the banking clan is going to charge them 25% interest on this thing. Why? Because they're being deregulated, so they can charge whatever they want. Nice job, banking clan. So Padme has to report back to Bail about that bit of fresh nonsense from the banking clan. As it is, social services have suffered because of this war. Education, infrastructure, healthcare. If we go deeper into debt, the basic needs of our people will evaporate. This is good. It is. Clearly, taking out a loan on such obscene terms would essentially destroy the Republic, regardless of the outcome of the war. So, armed with this information, Bale thinks that they only have to convince a handful of senators to be able to turn the tide against this banking regulation bill. But unfortunately, some senators have actually been receiving threats of physical harm if they vote against the deregulation bill. And Senator Ono himself is attacked by a couple of bounty hunters and given a broken arm for his trouble. Not that that's going to stop him, though, as he and Padme go to talk to a Senator Christo, who's a Corrin from Moncala, to try and convince him to join their push against the bill. And, yeah, it doesn't go so well. Look at what they did to you. These wounds will heal. But what about the millions who are dying in this war? Who? The clones? We created them for just that purpose. They are people! The people I care about are my constituents, the ones who put me in office. Now, we're about half the episode in, and the only action we've had so far is a brief scene of Uncle Ono getting beaten up by these two thugs, and that's it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> political, not thriller, really. Although it gets into the thriller stuff shortly thereafter, as Padme decides to take a walk 
in this lonely and deserted sector of Coruscant by herself in the open air. Her speeder and driver are parked only a block away or so. But really, I'm not buying this because this is really a story device to get Padme in danger and have the bounty hunters take a shot at her, which Count Dooku has been in touch with these guys saying, yeah, we can't just beat Padme up. We got to actually take her out. You know, Fat Lottega that does, of course, because she naturally doesn't get killed. We already know that she's not in any serious jeopardy because, you know, movies and all. But you know Padme is smart enough not to put herself in unintentional danger. She's, you know, someone who will put herself in intentional danger, but she doesn't make any sort of statement like, ha, I was trying to draw the bounty hunters out or anything like that, or trying to draw out these ruffians who are attacking the senators against this bill. Like, there's none of that. She, from the looks of it, basically makes a very poor decision, which is unfortunate. And it was done, I think, just to serve the story, but I wish I'd had just some line of dialogue like... Yeah, if people are targeting us, then I want to give them a target because I'm going to try and expose them and take them out. Because that's something I would believe from Padme, and it's something I believe she would be capable of pulling off. Anyway, the action does in fact ensue with a thrilling speeder bike chase around this neighborhood of Coruscant. And little moments that I really appreciate, the fact that when Padme gets one up on these bounty hunters, they actually have moments where they focus on her and they let her smile as she's doing it. You can see that she's thrilled by being able to actually get her hands dirty, as it were. It's moments like these where you can see clearly where Princess Leia gets her moxie from. But the bounty hunters manage to escape, only to take a shot at Bail Organa instead, and Bail has to be persuaded to make his own speech on the floor of the Senate about this. I'm actually surprised to hear that he hasn't been a public voice in the Senate chambers about this deregulation bill and speaking out against it. It's given to us in the episode that he you know, is a terrific public speaker, but that he has to be one to speak out against it. I guess just his work quietly behind the scenes and building coalitions and whatnot, you know, that has, that's been the extent of it. So he consents to give a speech, but then the bounty hunters take a run at him, and it's just, you know, happenstance, I think. I don't think they find out, oh, Bale's going to do a speech, we got to go after him. But he gets injured in the whole fracas, and Padme has to be the one giving the speech, which she does by relating the story of one of her handmaidens and how things are so terrible back home because of what's going on with the war. And as a result, there's a lot of head nodding and some polite applause, and it seems like there has been some sway in the Senate due to her speech. Much to the chagrin of Chancellor Palpatine, we find out a little bit later as he muses inside his chambers about the events of the day. And it's another one of these scenes that we don't get too often, but I'm very glad for them when we do, and I'm glad that they're not too often also, where we see little inklings of what's really going on behind those eyes. Isn't it remarkable that one can have all the power in the galaxy, and yet the words of a single senator can sway the thoughts of millions? What do you plan to do about this? For now, we must adhere to the principles of our democracy. We must let the wheels of the Senate turn. Yeah, and you can tell he is none too happy about that. But unfortunately, we're left on a cliffhanger about what happens with this bill. And looking ahead at the next couple of episodes on Wikipedia, I don't know if we're going to get the answer to it just yet. So uh, we'll just have to sit and wait. 
But in the meantime, there's one thing I wanted to flag for you, which I did not immediately speak about when I played the clip on the episode here. And that's that comment from Senator Christo about the clones. Here it is again with Uncle Ono's quick introduction to the topic. But what about the millions who are dying in this war? Who? The clones? We created them for just that purpose. Now, that line is basically a throwaway line in the whole episode, but... Man, you could actually have a whole semester of philosophy classes based around this whole idea. Are they, in fact, people, as Padme immediately asserts? And, of course, that connotes some additional rights and responsibilities in the way that they are treated. Or are they essentially meat that's manufactured in the same way that battle droids are manufactured? Of course, as you and I watch the Clone Wars series and we get to know individual clone troopers, naturally you and I will end up siding more with Padme in the evaluation. But you can kind of see where Senator Christo, because of the fact that he has no experience with the day-to-day and with the individual clone troopers, why he looks at it from that perspective. And it's a case where the politics of Star Wars ends up being a mirror of the politics in real life. And of course, no, we don't have clone troopers. We're not cloning people to fight for us. But it's a similar idea, isn't it? The idea that if you don't really know people in the armed forces, if you are not involved with soldiers on a day-to-day basis, then it's a really kind of abstract idea. And it's much easier to think of sending troops off to battle when you don't actually have to look them in the face and see individually what the costs of the battle are and see individually who the people are that are going into battle for you. That's not to say that if you were in a position of power that you wouldn't send them anyway, because heck, sometimes it's necessary. It certainly seems to be the case. I'm sure we would all love not to be in war, but sometimes it seems to be unavoidable. In this instance, though, in this episode, it's a door that opens into a very deep conversation, and yet it's delivered as a throwaway line in the midst of the episode where you could totally ignore it, any kid watching it could totally ignore it and move on, and yet it's a testament to how deep the world of Star Wars can go that that's in there and available to you to explore. So wrapping up the episode, yep. It is a political thriller kind of episode that is definitely more political than thriller, but hey, still has its merits. And we're going to be getting into some Night Sister stuff in the next couple of episodes, which is pretty exciting as well. But we are going to wrap it up for this particular episode, with the exception of a trivia question for you, which I've got right after the break, so stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Welcome back. I've got your trivia question here for you. May the Force be with us. It will be soon. We've got just five days left until Rogue One's pretty awesome. Last time I asked you what kind of help the stormtroopers called in for when they couldn't catch Rey and Finn in BB-8 on Jakku, and that was an airstrike. My question for you today is, how many TIE fighters came in on that airstrike? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge a blockade, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. 
And if you want to join the inner circle of fans of the podcast, become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash SW7X7. It's not astromech cannon fodder, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars. We hope you love it. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.